I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Championship Roundtable podcast. I'm your host, James Vickers. You can reach us on the show at Championship Pod on Twitter. And you can also follow my personal Twitter, which is at underscore James Vickers, where I mainly tweet about Preston North End. And hi, I'm Lewis Hobbs. I represent Sheffield United on the podcast. And you can follow my Twitter at underscore LH9 underscore. Yeah, cheers for joining me today. Um, Obviously, the game's come thick and fast over Christmas. Um, But since we were last on, there's been two sort of real big talking points. Obviously, um, Gary Monk and Carlos Carvajal have both left uh, Middlesbrough and Sheffield Wednesday, respectively, with uh, Carvajal managing somehow to find himself in the Premier League, which I don't think anyone would have guessed sort of this time last week. Um, And obviously, Middlesbrough have gone in for Tony Pulis now. Um, Wanted to get your thoughts, really, Louis, uh, on both of these sort of changes that the, the clubs have made. Obviously, by their standards, I think they'd both say that they're under sort of performing this season with where they are in the table. Um, starting with Middlesbrough, do you think the change is right? And how do you see Tony Pulis doing sort of in the half a season he's got now with this squad? Yeah, I think getting Tony Pulis in, that's a fantastic move. We all know what is, how good he is in the Premier League. And moving moving Middlesbrough back up to the Premiership, Pulis will definitely be a man that can do it. For me, sacking Monk, I don't really understand it because I think that, especially in the Championship, you need more than a year to consolidate yourself and to try and transform a club back into a Premier League team. So I think it was quite harsh sacking Monk. But then again, they are underperforming. And clubs these days need instant success. And if you can't be given it, then they've obviously had to move on. And Pulis is a fantastic boss. You, you don't, he's one of those you don't really associate with the championship. So it's kind of, it's, we're unaware on how good he'll do. Because obviously he's been in the premiership and he's known as the he'll keep you in the division type of boss. Yeah, sort of on that. How do you, obviously, Middlesbrough spent in the summer quite a lot of money on forward players and, and quite attacking players. And obviously, Tony Pulis has never really been sort of associated with what you'd class as like free flow and attacking football. Do you see sort of him needing to make not wholesale changes, but really sort of having a couple of transfer windows behind him to, to bring in the kind of players that suit his play style before he can sort of really turn Middlesbrough into a team that are going to challenge for promotion? Or do you think we're going to see sort of a, a different approach really from Tony Pulis uh, from the one we've seen at sort of Stoke and West Brom in the past? Yeah, I, I do. I do think we're going to get a different approach because it's a totally different division from the, what the Premier League is. To, everyone associates Tony Pulis with defend, 
defensive performances, parking up the bus and counter-attacking, grinding out 1-0 one, one victories. And he is obviously known for playing for draws. In the Championship, that can't be the mindset. You can't, ha- you can't work your way from the, aba- from the back. You have to be on the attacking. You have to press. Or, or you won't be successful in the division. You, you see it with all, all the successful teams like Wolves this year. They're always on the front foot, always moving forward, always attacking. And Pulis isn't associated with that, uh, that style of play. So the squad he has is more than capable of, of winning promotion. The, the squad on paper doesn't look to suit his, his play style. But I'm, I personally, I'm, I'm looking forward to see how he's going to approach championship football. Because it's, it's been a long time since he has, he's been a championship manager. Yeah, definitely. I think it'll be interesting sort of to see how he does with the squad. And I think especially the players he brings in in the January transfer window will sort of set the tone really for what kind of style we're going to see out of him, whether he brings in sort of players to shore up the defence, because obviously there's no doubt in they've, apart from, you'd argue, maybe Wolves and Bristol City, they've got probably the best sort of forward options in the division. Um and, you know, you'd expect that with the amount of money they spent in the summer. Um, you know, a player like Patrick Bamford, who's scored goals in this division, you know, throughout his career. And he's he's not really getting a game sort of the last few weeks. So, you know, they've got an embarrassment of riches in the forward areas. And I think what he'll do, as opposed to sort of Gary Monk, is he'll shore them up at the back, first of all. Um, you know, using his experience from managing at Stoke and West Brom. And then that'll give the attacking players, you know, more sort of space really then and sort of less fear factor to actually go and create um you know teams that have got promoted out of the division in the past have been sort of hard to beat at the back and then you know good attacking uh, going forward so I think uh, while people have sort of raised eyebrows you know traditionally he doesn't fit sort of with the kind of players that Middlesbrough have got in I do think he'll um you know really sort of stabilize them and I think even though they got beat today, I think once he gets a settled side, a couple of players in in January, he'll uh, he'll really start to sort of take them up the division. Which you know, as a Preston fan, and we we play them on Monday, and they're uh, two points behind us and a place behind us. It's you know doesn't bode well. Um, sort of the bigger teams sort of looking like they're getting their act together now. So it's uh, it's going to make it even more difficult than it already has been for us to try and sort of nick into the playoffs. Um, but the, as I mentioned sort of earlier, the, the other managerial change has been Carlos Carvajal leaving Sheffield Wednesday. Um, Louis, who comes on the podcast quite regularly, Sheffield Wednesday fan, has been sort of saying for the last couple of weeks that, you know, it is time for a change there. And he was kind of expecting Carvajal to go. Um, what would be your sort of take on it? Do you think they were right to to get rid of him or sort of as it came out, it was kind of a mutual decision for him to leave? Or do you think he should have been given more time um, and sort of seen it through to the end of the season to see if they could turn results around? Yeah, um, for me, obviously, I'm a Sheffield United fan, so we hear a lot about our neighbours. And as much as, I'm, as much as I've been enjoying what Carvajal's been doing this season, because obviously they haven't been performing... Um, as a as a neutral fan, it's he's not. I've not enjoyed watching him in, at Wednesday this season because it, it seems it seems like he's. I don't want to say like burning down the club, but like 
it's kind of getting stale and it seems he's not really bringing anything else. He's had, he's had two cracks at the playoffs, hasn't happened, and it kind of seems like he's, he's, he's reverting back to what he's tried, tried doing previous years, but you can't do that. You've got to move forward and you've got to keep, you've got to keep your approach fresh. And for, for being, um, like, for a, a Wednesday fan, I can't imagine what what they feel like because it, their club it's it's definitely become quite toxic and obviously with with any rivalry you 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 you, you want to, you always want to beat your your rivals and and they under Carlos they they just they haven't had that like tenacity to push forward it's just like comparing him to Wilder when we did have the derby earlier in the season you saw in the press conferences Wilder was showing his heart he knew that this is the biggest game of the season. It doesn't matter whether you're, you're bottom of the table, you're top of the table. For both Sheffield clubs, the Sheffield derby is the biggest game of the season. And you didn't see that in Carlos's, um, in his press conferences. He was just treating it as it, just another game, which you, you'll know with just any, any, any derby, you can't do that. So I, I do believe that Carlos um, deserved to, to go, whether it was mutual consent or whatever, but he definitely needed to go. It's just thinking about who can replace him, and I think he he would have got sacked quite a while ago if there was if they had a target to be named, and I think that's why he's been in the job for so long because there isn't really anyone out in the market which you think could take over and do a better job than what he has done previously. Yeah, I think definitely. I think the word, or sort of the key word you used there was stale. Sort of chatting to Louis, it's it has become sort of a bit of a not not sort of a joke with them, but you know they've been really inconsistent this season. Looking at their sort of record in the table, seven wins, nine draws, nine defeats. You know, it's it is sort of just screaming that they're they're inconsistent. They can't put a run together, and they have really been sort of struggling this year. Um, at the start of the season, I'd tipped them as one of the teams sort of to, to keep an eye on for promotion. And, you know, they look a long way off that kind of side at the moment. Um, so I do think the change was right. I don't think, unless, you know, they bring in someone who can immediately change it, that they're going to, you know, get into the playoffs this season. I think there's too many sort of better teams at the moment um, that, that are a lot sort of further ahead of them. Your likes of Aston Villas and your Leeds United's Cardiff's, uh, sort of to name a few. So I do think this season, I think, is more or less a write-off now for them. And I think it's about taking their time to really find someone who's going to, you know, take them forward to that next level. Um, I, they're, they're too good to go down and I don't think they're good enough to go up at the moment. So, you know, they've they've got time rather than rushing into an appointment for the sake of it. I think they should really, you know, look at where they want to go as a club and and you mentioned, you know, it's become a bit toxic and, you know, try and sort of get an identity back really because sort of under this sort of management this season, you know, it, it's been sort of one extreme to the other. They've played really well one week sort of beating Leeds 3-0, for example, and then, you know, not being able to to win against sort of the bottom team. So I do think, you know, this next appointment for them is key and it will really sort of shape them going forwards over the next couple of years. So it's, it's vital that they get it right. Um, but one sort of club, and it's, it's really caught me off, or not off guard, but it's been sort of quite surreal, really, how they've gone sort of so far under the radar this season. And, 
and looking at the league table, I, I can't understand why. And we were chatting about this off air and um, obviously talking about Derby County. Um, well, third in the league now, um, sort of as we're recording this with uh, the Bristol City and Wolves game going on, they've, they've dropped back down. But, you know, I, I was talking off air, you never hear Derby County's name mentioned sort of when people are talking about, you, you know, your Wolveses and your Bristol Cities and your Cardiffs in the division. And, you know, they've gone completely under the radar, which is, is weird, really, for a team that have been sort of there or thereabouts in the sort of the playoff and promotion picture for the last few seasons. Um, I wanted to get your sort of thoughts on, on why this is and, and what they changed from last season that's suddenly seen them sort of put this fantastic run together and, you know, fire them up sort of into the top half of the playoffs and just below the automatic promotion places. Yeah, I, I honestly think for the past three or four seasons, everyone's predicted them to be one of those clubs that's going to be challenging for your top six. And they've always looked on paper a really strong squad. And I think just this this season, it's got to the point after they didn't really have a good end to the season and they started the season quite badly. People kind of just looked at Derby and thought they've kind of knocked down now and that's kind of it for their spell of up being up there as a, as a top club in the Championship. And I thought, I think people just thought that they're just going to be just there or thereabouts, just in, in, in that in that massive range from like 10th to 18th where there's about one point between the lot. But none of them really will, will push or are going to be scared of relegation. I, I don't get to. I don't. I haven't watched much Derby with him not being on the telly much, and and with us playing him early in the season. But I get the I get the impression that Rowett's finally got got the midfield rocking, and I think that's where they've struggled with some time is having having that having a strong midfield, which can link up their defence to the attack and Huddleston with him coming in in the start of the season he was a a player where you you, you associate him with um, with the premiership you think he obviously with him used to be playing for spurs clubs like hull he 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 must be linking um um he'll be linking up with that midfield and they really they really pushing forward and like plays like vidra He's firing. He just seems to be firing goals in for fun recently, and I think Rowett's definitely got 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 a good good squad of players, and they're finally working with each other, and and they're firing up the table without anyone even noticing, like you said. Yeah, definitely. I completely agree with the sort of the midfield uh, point that you made there, and I think their team as a whole, they've got that perfect balance of you know great championship experience uh, in defence with Richard Keogh and Curtis Davis. You know, you're not going to find sort of a more experienced duo in the championship um, sort of for games played. So, you know, they've got that real sort of solid base at the back. You know, Scott Carson in net, good keeper. You know, and you go into the midfield, Tom Huddleston, Johnny Russell is a fantastic player. And then in the forward areas, you know, you've got people like Vidra, Lawrence, Winnell got a couple yesterday. So, all over their squad, you know, there's there's strengths there. And I think over the last few years, they've come up a little bit short and there's been little pieces of the jigsaw missing. But I think slowly but surely this season, and it's probably taken sort of longer than they would have liked sort of over the last couple of years, but they've really now got sort of a balanced side that looks capable of, you know, going on a, 
sort of a 10 game unbeaten run and you know putting these runs together that fire you up the table and you know, you only have to look at their bench for for even more experience. You know, Chris Martin and David Nugent didn't play. Um, both sat on the bench, both fantastic strikers at this level. And as well as sort of that sort of experience and, and skill that they have in the starting 11, there's a real strength in depth there as well that, you know, not many teams in the division can really sort of rival that. And I do think, you know, everyone's, and quite rightly so, you know, heaped plaudits on Bristol City. They've done fantastically well this season. You know, at the start of the season, I don't think many people, apart from maybe Bristol City fans themselves, would have, you know, tipped them to be, what, joint second as they are now um, in the league, sort of coming out of Christmas and into the new year. So quite rightly, they've got all the plaudits. And, you know, people like Wolves, who spent a lot of money, and Leeds United are always talked about because they're big names. So Derby have really as you said, gone under the um, gone under the radar this season. And I think it suits them, really, sort of going under the radar. They've had sort of quite a lot of press over the last few seasons with sort of Steve Claren coming in and missing out on the playoffs and, you know, sort of having poor ends to the season that while they can just focus on their football and not be distracted by sort of media attention off off the pitch. I think it suits them down to a tee and Rowett's got the team playing fantastically well. You know, they're exciting to watch, solid at the back, got a great goal difference. Um, and I do think we sort of talked about it a few weeks ago if anyone was going to catch Wolves. And at the moment, you'd have to say, if anyone did catch Wolves, and I, you know, it's a highly sort of unlikely sort of scenario with the way they're playing at the moment. Um, I think it's going to be Derby potentially if, if anyone does, but I do think come the end of the season, they'll definitely be in the playoffs. Um, whether they can sort of pit Bristol City, as it were, at the moment to second place, you know, remains to be seen. I think they've got more experience than Bristol City and it'll be interesting come sort of March time uh, with that sort of, not lack of championship experience, but just not as much as Derby, um, if Bristol can maintain the fantastic run they've been on. Um, especially, you know, with the distraction of the, the League Cup semi-final double header against Man City coming up and, you know, depending how far they get in the FA Cup, that sort of squad depth will really sort of play into it then. So it's going to be fascinating to see, you know, how that top three or four sort of switches between now and sort of say March. Um, but I do think Derby are going to be one of the teams that are going to be right sort of in and around there for the rest of the season to come. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Um, but sort of moving on now, uh, obviously we've both had uh, games, or Preston had a game yesterday, uh, you've played today, Louis. Um, just wanted to get your thoughts on on the game, sort of first of all. Um, you had a home game against Bolton, you know, Bolton struggling down the foot of the table. Um, sort of talk us through the game and were there any particular players that stood out for you sort of positively or negatively? Um, and just sort of your general thoughts from the game, really. Yeah, well... Obviously, when you're at home against a team who's in the relegation zone, you, you expect to win, and, and we didn't. We didn't get that today. There were definitely positives. Um, the second half, we we pressed them out of the uh, out of the park for the full game, and and we had plenty of chances, but just Donaldson and Clark just didn't have their shooting boots on today, unfortunately for us. But we have come off quite a bad run of form ever since. Um, it seems ever since Coots um, broke his leg against Burton, we've missed that focal point in our team where he would he would be the one distributing the ball out out wide to our strikers and, and we've really missed him. And with Lundstrom coming in as a replacement, only 23, 24 years of age, this is his first year in the Championship. It, you can tell he is under a lot of pressure. But I, I do think he's, he's he has performed well, and I think he's been given a lot of stick. Which had Coops not been such an influential player for us, he wouldn't be getting so much stick because obviously he's the replacement. So a lot of blades, it's just natural. You'll you'll just be watching Lundstrom for the full game. Anything he does wrong, slate him, slate him. Oh, like he's not Paul Coops. But again. Sunderland, which was uh, the previous game on Boxing Day, 3-0 win. And so we, we, we've, we've shown then that we have got what it takes to carry up, carry on our, um, our our season. And if we wanting to uh, get playoffs, which uh, for like, the first 10 to 15 games of the season, we, we thought we'd be challenging up there because of how good we were playing. But it just seems the past couple of games, the heads, the heads seem to have dropped a bit and it definitely showed today. Um, Bolton got quite an early goal with Gary Medine and obviously with the history of what Gary Medine has with Sheffield United, he was the last person we wanted scoring and then ever since then it was just um, the heads dropped we couldn't really, we couldn't really get anything out of, out of the game and, and that's just what the past five, six games have been like, apart from maybe the Villa game where we scavenged um, a drawback from it which I'm sure um, you ask you ask all other 23 teams that would you take a point at Villa Park? The, the majority will say yes. So there's been real, there's been really good signs. the The key to our team is 100% Mark Duffett, and he, he was show, he showed again today how good he is and how influential he is. He just just the way the like, trickery he has on the ball and his vision. It's next to none. Um, and we'll, I think, if if we lose him, we'll be struggling even more than 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 we all currently are. But I just think with us losing Coops, Lundstrom just needs a bit more time. And obviously, with January, we might even bring um, in another midfielder um, to um, up our midfield again. But yeah, hopefully, it'll it's the performances are going to start getting better. But I just think it's going to take a bit more time to gel. Yeah, you mentioned there about Coots and just sort of 
about the start of December, literally just before he got injured, we did our sort of team of the season so far, and he was the one player, especially from Sheffield United, that I highlighted, you know, saw a lot of him when he used to play for Preston. And I think in his time at Preston, he was always really, in my opinion, severely underrated. Um, and I was glad to see him sort of doing well for you in the championship. You mentioned there, obviously, potentially bringing in a midfielder in, in the January transfer window to sort of compensate for that loss because sort of seeing the, the leg break that he suffered, I think it's safe to say he's going to be out sort of the majority or if not all of the rest of the season. Um, is that sort of the one area that you'd say definitely needs strengthening or is there sort of another area as well that, that you'd look at strengthening in the January window? Um, as a whole, I think we, we've got a good squad. Um, as we've seen um, throughout the season, it's the squad depth which has really killed us this season. And that's not down with the, because we don't have squad depth. It's We've been so unlucky with injuries this year. And, and I know these, these other teams, um, these other teams that have been struggling as well, but there's been points of the season where we've got all our right-backs injured. Like the past three games, with obviously John Fleck having the... Um, the three-match suspension. John Lundstrom has been our only by-trade central midfielder. We've been having to play Chris Basham in there. Sammy Carruthers has dropped back from an attacking role and, and, and tried to fill in there. Which So it's definitely the midfield, the bringing some central midfielders. They don't even have to um, be starting over Lundstrom for the time being because I do think Lundstrom will develop into a good player for us. But we definitely just need to bring in some more bodies to compensate for all the in- the injuries we've been having. Yeah, definitely. We sort of suffered a, a similar thing at sort of midway through the season, about October. We had um, eight first-team defenders out injured. And you mentioned there where your right-backs all been out injured. I can sort of definitely see, you know, how that affects the team. And it was quite funny, sort of, the game where we had the eight players out injured, we were on Sky against, I think it was Aston Villa, and the commentators there talking about sort of the lack of squad depth that we've got. And, you know, any team, no matter who they are, if it's Madrid, Barcelona, or even down in League Two, any team who's got eight first-team defenders out injured, you know, you can't put that down to squad depth. That's just desperately unlucky. So I think if you get a couple of um, players in in January, like you mentioned, I think you'll still be in and around the playoffs. I think you've got, you know, a good sort of mix of sort of solid at the back and good attacking football. Um, And I do think, you know, the, the run that you've put together over the first half of the season, if you can sort of get a, another win sort of under your belt sort of fairly quickly in the next game or two. I think, you know, that confidence will come back and, and you'll be in and around the playoffs, obviously, from a, from a Preston point of view, hopefully not. Um, but I do think that you're a, a good side and definitely that you'll be sort of in and around challenging for the rest of the season. Um, but moving on to Preston, uh, obviously we played last night, Friday night, uh, in front of the Sky cameras away at Cardiff and, Everything about this game for me, you know, on Sky, Friday night, um, away at second in the league as they were at the time, you know, just screamed that we're going to lose. Never confident when we play on Sky. We always seem to sort of bottle it, as it were, because the cameras are watching. But, you know, we played fantastically well. And if a neutral was looking at the game, not knowing the championship, I think even Cardiff fans would admit that, you know, 
we look like the team that are in second place in the division. And it was great to see us, you know, get the ball down, play going through Gallagher and Pearson, you know, trying to get things moving. Um, the only sort of real negative sort of looking at it is, and we've been saying it all season since Maguire got injured, it's the lack of a number 10 that sort of links the midfield to Jordan Hugill, you know, He's that good in the air and at holding the ball up that at the moment there's that over-reliance on going long to him and then we don't really, apart from the wingers, have a player capable of you know, making those runs off him. Um, so I think definitely in January that's going to be an area to sort of highlight. Um, Josh Harrop's been given a go there, but he's not really been given you know a consistent chance to get regular football under his belt. So, you know, he could be the answer, um, but you you're obviously not going to find out unless he plays consistently. So if he's not sort of ready to start for Neil, I think definitely um, that is the main issue uh, that we need to sort of address if we are going to keep pushing on for the playoffs. I think even though we played well yesterday and we got the last minute winner through Tom Clark, who, you know, delighted for him. He's come back from a long-term injury that he suffered at the end of last season and has been fantastic next to Huntington and Davies in defence. Um, apart from that, which was from a set piece, even though we had lots of the ball and knocked it around quite nicely, there was not really any clear-cut chances in the game. So, you know, while we are unbeaten in nine, five wins, four draws, it's those draws that, you know, obviously no game's easy in the championship, but Nottingham Forest at home and then Barnsley away on Boxing Day, those games were there for the taking. And, you know, if you get the extra four points, you turn those two draws into wins, you know, we're up in sort of fourth maybe fifth at at this moment and you know I'm I'm still positive but you know even more positive if we'd have uh, been able to sort of nick a win in one of those games so while I'm sort of really happy with how we've done this season you know exceeded all expectations so far didn't think we'd be sort of as well off as we are at the moment especially with Neil coming in in the summer after the grace and left to go to Sunderland um you know, done fantastically well. I think it's a part of me getting a bit greedy now that we're we're doing so well that I want us to keep sort of pushing on and and really make a challenge of the playoffs this year. Um, but you know, it's it's all about the January recruitment for us, and I think as well as bringing in players, Jordan Hugill keeping hold of him is an absolute must. We've um, signed Louis Malt from Motherwell, um, who will join us on the 1st of January. Um, he's sort of a striker in a similar mould to Hugill. You know, he can hold the ball up, but what he has that Hugill doesn't is, you know, a turn of pace and a bit of trickery on the ball. So while it does look like it'll be a replacement for Hugill, I'd love to see him stay, even if he sees it out till the end of the season. Um It'll be interesting to see if he does go or do uh, or does stay. Um, and I think if we can keep hold of Hugh Gill and add one or two more players, you know, we're, we're going to be right sort of challenging for the playoffs. So, you know, the next month or so is going to be critical for us for, for how we want our season to go from here on out, really. So it's um, going to be nervy times over the transfer window sort of with the outgoings, but also exciting, you know, to see who we bring in. Um, we've been linked with people like Ben Woodburn from Liverpool, who, you know, would fill that role as a creative midfielder fantastically for us. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who we bring in. Um, and fingers crossed we managed to get someone in with, you know, a, a, a bit of a turn of pace, some trickery and can, can create something because that's what we're desperately missing at the moment. Um, but just sort of moving on now, Louis, um, obviously there's uh, 
a double header, as it were, this week. We've got league games um, on New Year's Day, and then also it's the return of the FA Cup at the weekend as well. Um, so sort of looking at your fixtures, obviously, you mentioned that you got Derby away in the league on New Year's Day. And then you've also got uh, Ipswich away in the cup at the weekend. Sort of, how do you see the two games going? Um, with sort of how sort of well you're doing in the league at the moment, even though you've had sort of a few hiccups over the last few weeks, is the cup going to be a priority, or do you expect sort of changes to be made and your sole focus will be on the league? Um, yeah, I do think our sole focus will be on the league. No, no, I'm not not taking away that we're not going to try and just fail the load of kids um, in the FA Cup, but definitely with with the amount of injuries we've got in the first team, we're going to be we'll be saving saving the players, playing them on New Year's Day against Derby, and then maybe maybe playing a few of the um, academy boys against Ipswich because especially with the magnitude of the game, Derby, if we want. If we want to be challenging up for the top six, we've got to be getting points. We can't we can't go there and not get anything. Obviously, on form, we don't look like the side that's going to be taking the three points. And with how good Derby have been playing, I don't think I don't think we will. But if we can if we can muster up a performance like we have been for the for not even just this season, just the past the past year and a half under Wilder. Um our like watching the Blades, it's it's been an absolute pleasure this past um year. Just with how with how the with flow attacks and just a really good football inside it seems. And just the the past the past four four or five games, we just haven't we haven't looked that same side. And I I don't know whether it's just because the morale's low but Maybe bringing in a few a few new signings. Maybe if, obviously, we've with the uh, the Prince owner we've had for the past few years, he's been he's been he's been promising to spend spend for the past couple of years, and and we haven't had that yet. So you never know. We, we, we might finally get that influx of money that we've all, that we've been screaming for as Blades fans. But maybe if we can get a few more, and when when our players start coming back, we've got. We've recently had Lavery come back. We've finally, we've finally got um, Baldock back. Kieran Freeman should be coming back. Chad Evans surely coming back soon. Maybe when we start getting these fresh faces back into the team, then the morale will lift back up, and we can and we can see performances like like we had at the start of the season against Derby when we won them three one. You, you never know; we might be able to get a performance like that away. Yeah, definitely. I think, obviously, it was the same with us when we had players that injured, uh, sort of results dipped off. And then as soon as we got players back, you know, it lifts sort of morale around the team, you know, people coming back and you can sort of start to get back to winning ways. And I do think, um, especially sort of seeing it from a Preston point of view as well, the FA Cup can be sort of quite a nice distraction almost if you are sort of having a bad time of it in the league. You know, it's almost especially away at another championship side. It's almost a free game, really. Um, you know, they can go out. Players who might not necessarily be playing week in, week out have got a good chance to, you know, stake a claim and show the manager why they should be playing. And I remember it a few years ago for us, we were struggling in the league at the time and we went to Ipswich when we were down in League One. They were in the championship and 
got um got a draw there, took them back to Deepdale and then beat them and, and from that moment on we were absolutely fantastic in the league and it was sort of the the lift of momentum um that we needed. So, you know, it it can be even if you do sort of make a few changes, you know, those players coming in, they've got a point to prove and, you know, you could find that, you know, those players turn it on for the manager and uh you know, you do find yourself with a win and that can be sort of the, the kickstart that you need really in the new year to, to start getting back to winning ways. Um, but moving on to Preston, we've got sort of a very difficult game on Monday. We're at home um, against Middlesbrough. They're a place below us in the league and I think they're um, a point below us as well. So it's too early to say six pointers and, you know, in and around sort of the playoffs, you wouldn't really sort of use that term. Um, but it's a massive game for us in the sense that, you know, Middlesbrough are going to come good at some point in the season. And, you know, even the most sort of hardened Preston fan would say that Middlesbrough are, you know, sort of better off than than we are with sort of resources. So if we can get a result against them and keep ahead of them and, you know, extend the gap to, say, four points ahead of them, it gives us a bit of breathing room. And what it also does, it allows us to keep up with the sort of the chasing pack in the playoffs as well. So, you know, it's going to be a massive game. Uh, the atmosphere should be great, even though there'll be a few sore heads from uh, New Year's Eve the night before. Um, but, you know, we're unbeaten in nine. We've, we've beaten teams uh, at Deepdale this season who, you know, many people thought that we were going to get turned over by. Um, you have to look no further than when we beat Cardiff 3-0 earlier in the season there or Sheffield Wednesday on the opening day, who many fancied at the start of the season. And, what we've done this season, which has been really pleasing, is we've turned Deepdale back into a fortress now and teams are sort of cautious now when they come to Deepdale. And, you know, I think that's down to Alex Neal and the way he's approached games. And, you know, we're a tricky side to beat. We may not be the sort of the, the most exciting side to watch. And, you know, we uh, have been accused of sort of niggly fouls and a bit of time wasting, but, you know, we've played to our strengths and if you're going to, you know, get results and grind out wins in this division, you can't sort of do it week in, week out by playing sort of really exciting attacking football. Sometimes you've got to find a way to win ugly, which, you know, we've sort of mastered almost this season. So, you know, Middlesbrough are going to come, you, they've got players on big money who are used to sort of playing in the Premier League and if we can get into them early on, you know, there's no reason why we can't go out and, uh, and beat them. Um, we're where we are in the league for a reason. And it sort of amazes me still that, you know, fans from other teams, even though we're doing so well, we've, I think we've got the second least defeats in the league this season, still right as off as this team that should be, you know, at the foot of the table, sort of below everyone else. So it's always nice to put one over on sort of the bigger teams just to see, you know, the reaction afterwards. So, it's going to be a great atmosphere there and, you know, fingers crossed we can extend that unbeaten run to 10 games and really sort of make that statement of intent that, you know, we're going to we're going to push on now and really make a good go of it this season. Um, so that's Monday. And then a week today, we move to the FA Cup. Um, potentially tricky game for us. We um, were away at Wickham, who are doing quite well in League 2 at the moment. Um you know, going to sort of a lower league side, they're always looking to, you know, take the scalp of a, of a bigger name. So by no means will it be easy, even though we're playing a team two divisions below us. Um, but I'd still like to think, even if we do make a few changes, that we should have enough for them uh, to beat them. Sorry, you know, it's been quite weird for us this season. We haven't had sort of a settled 
midfield and forward line. It's been quite a lot of rotation. So players that are going to be coming in off the bench have been used to playing sort of most weeks. So it's not really a sense of us resting our best 11 and bringing in sort of the reserve 11 or, or you know, making wholesale changes like that. Everyone who comes in, I'm confident, will do a job. And we'll have Louis Malt, who uh, will have joined us on the 1st of January. Um, whether he plays in the Middlesbrough game will be, you know, we'll have to wait and see, but he'll be available for that. So I'd, I'd expect Hugill probably to get a rest in the um, the Wickham game if if he is still with us sort of this time next week, if if someone hasn't come in and bought him straight away. Um, so I do think Malt will start, and it's a good sort of opportunity for him against the lower league team to, you know, make his debut, hopefully get a goal or two and sort of show us what he's all about and, and kickstart his career at Preston North End, you know, in the right way and, and early on. Um, the last thing you want as a striker is to go sort of five, six, seven, eight games for your new club without a goal and then the pressure be on you and, and people start asking questions. So it'll be interesting to see sort of what lineup we play and uh, it'll definitely be a tricky game. Um, I'm making the trip down to it, so looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, it'll be fascinating to to watch and fingers crossed we can come out of this week with two victories, progress in the cup and also take one for, or one more step to uh, to closing the gap on the uh, sort of the teams in the playoffs. Um, but with that, we're out of time. If you want to let everyone know, Louis, where they can find or find you or any projects that you're involved in, now would be a good time. Yeah, I'm, I'm Lewis. I've been representing Sheffield United on the podcast and you can find me at, at underscore LH9 underscore. Yeah, and as I said, I'm on Twitter at underscore James Vickers. Um, I mainly tweet about Preston North End and occasionally German football as well. So if you're interested in either of those, definitely give me a follow. Um, and you can reach the show, as I mentioned, um, where we have sort of weekly polls and other sort of interesting things on there at Championship Pod. Um, we've only just set up the Twitter account, so definitely give it a follow and, and check it out and sort of share it with your friends. Um, but with that, we're out of time. So cheers for joining me today. Um, we'll see you next time. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. 